This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings, welcome back to another episode of the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Tom. And Tom, we're entering the John Wick genre of... uh, movies yeah gun foo i think is what we've <laughs> called it in in the past because this is our nobody review and uh way back in in march we saw it uh, i know you've seen it at least six times uh, i've only watched it once so i'm gonna try and remember uh almost two months worth of of a movie but i feel like i can um Let's do the specifics real quick about how it breaks down. Nobody is uh, currently sitting at an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes uh, in for critic score and 94 for fans. It was directed by Ilya Nalholder, Holder, and it was written by uh, Derek Kolstad, who wrote John Wick, created John Wick. And uh, as of last week, I didn't look this week, it was at $23.4 million in a uh, still pandemic environment for a... 50 plus version of an assassin i guess yeah, 60? well yeah well he's close to 60 keanu reeves is is not that young either i mean yeah it's true as soon as i said it i was like well i'm wrong <laughs> that <laughs> might be the up. genre is the, the old man assassin but, uh... yeah well i don't know we've got a couple ladies in there too so let's kind of before we go into this uh spoiler filled review of uh, bob odenkirk's nobody what are your thoughts on that genre because when when John Wick came out, what, three or four years ago, we had maybe even five at this point. It was the only one of that ilk. We had those type of movies way back uh, with like Charles Bronson with uh, Death Wish 1 through 40. And then it kind of slowly every decade we would get another, you know, male driven assassin for hire vengeance, uh, you know, go for broke kind of movie. And then it was John Wick, Proud Mary, uh, Anna, Ava, Atomic Blonde, uh, you name it, somebody got it. So what do you think about this uh, genre that seems to be either overproduced, overhyped, or just very popular? Well, I, I think uh, you got to, you know, we have to define the terms of what the genre is. Is it is it the old retired gunslinger? I mean, that's kind of what this would be. 50 years ago, they would be talking, this would be played by John Wayne, and he'd be walking into a town of desperados, you know, which is probably something we've seen already. I guess it's like an update of that, but just uh, so much better uh, style-wise. Like, it's more stylistically pleasing to the eye than anything else. So, I don't know, because I think it's important that you have an old man or an old person there. I, and I only say that because of the ones with the women who are, all had really good actresses never really worked. And you're talking, I mean, the Atomic Blonde, there's there's no reason that should have failed. Right? Yeah. I think that that was uh, advertised incorrectly. Yeah. Because when I went and saw it, like, and I know you remember we talked about it, I was super pumped to see it. You know, Charlize Theron is amazing in that genre about a year after john wick one or two came out i was like yeah give me all your money and i went and saw it and it was a period piece it was like 1980s 
Berlin. And I was like, well, this is not what the, you know, it's not what the trailer led on to believe. And maybe I didn't read IMDb or the synopsis. Right. Well, right, even but... like John Wick is is its time frame is ambiguous. Like you really couldn't pin. We know it's. I don't even know. I mean, it might be modern, but they don't necessarily. I think it's for sure modern. They have cell phones and yeah, but they have old cell phones and they use that creaky old system. The well for this visual podcast. I know this is a visual podcast. This is the phone my work gave me. <laughs> it is a Samsung Verizon flip phone. <laughs> and if I were to turn it on, it has 3G. Oh, perfect. I cannot get any service at my apartment on that phone. <laughs> so we are currently in 2021, and that is the, yeah. the burner phone I was given. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to say that the, it can't be accomplished with women, but, you know, when you say Atomic Blonde failed and you have Charlize Theron who's like a real legit like action superstar you know an a-list action superstar so uh, there's got to be something to the the genre is defined by like just a an old man who wants to hang it up and and you know has to be brought out of that uh and and you know forced into or out of retirement for a reason um, so I, that's I think that they're the rules that we have to define, and it could be eventually an old woman. I think that would be great, something to see. Uh, but like an, Helen Mirren, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it would be really. I'm just thinking all the possibilities, but yeah. It, 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 yeah, uh, you know, for now it's an old man, but eventually it could be an old woman. But they have to pull off frustrated as much as they pull off the eventual fight scene you know they have to yeah i think you know keanu reeves looks very frustrated at times by like some of the fights he's not necessarily winning but he always wins them but he's got a lot of frustration and you know imperfections and i think odenkirk pulls off not frustrated but like he's definitely lost a step for sure uh you know everybody's lost a step in this one yeah but, you know, he's got a reputation and he's got a baseline of skills that he, he kind of, like, falls back on and pulls this off. So I think that's important for this one. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that's a genre. And I think uh, the, the stuff in those rules, you can't – John Wick is, is number one. I think it could be called the, you know, the Wickiverse or the, the Wick genre. Uh, yeah. We'll say. I, it's kind of – it's kind of like when John Wick came out, right? We were kind of enamored by it. It was Keanu Reeves, the resurgent, the resurgence of Keanu Reeves, the the violence, the action. For you and I, it was more of the technicalities of it, the fight scenes, the gun handling, just the, the amount of training that went into it. And then all those movies came out. And it was like, it's kind of like when a major so anything comes out and then the generics start to yeah. fill in, right? We can do it cheaper. We can make it kind of look like the same thing, and I think yeah, Atlantic Rim, for <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Uh, I don't know if it's just the old man with a gun. He's disgruntled. He's having some issues. I think what it is is Derek Colston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because when you look at you look at him, he's kind of laid down a template that has been te- attempted to be replicated. And it hasn't succeeded. The closest one to probably do it besides this, which was a Derek Colstead joint, was Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Um, Proud Mary was 
okay. It wasn't the best. Uh, Anna was pretty good. Uh, Red Sparrow was watchable. Right. But it wasn't like the the best thing. Atomic Blonde was probably the best thing because you had the better actress. Yeah, but in, that, the role, I, uh, in a lot mind. of that stuff, they don't they don't go after the the long shots, the ballsy long like takes and and showing a couple misses. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they're so worried that it's not going to be successful, and it's always like that's I feel like the going point. Into it, like, they're worried. Yeah, they're worried it's going to be compared to John Wick when it already was compared to John Wick, regardless of how you shot it. Yeah, I think it's like, let's compare all those to John Wick. John Wick isn't like, it looks slick and it's fun and it's, but part of the, like I said, it's it's watching him, you know, the enemy doesn't realize that he's he's struggling. Like they, but, yeah. you know, us watching him, you know, ride along with him. We know how much he's struggling. We hear like him panning and grunting and getting frustrated. Like the outside, his outside world doesn't see it, but we kind of do. And we know what he's going through and stuff like that. I, I don't, that, that's kind of a ballsy move where they don't, pull, they don't let that happen in anything else. And, and it's, it's, it all becomes too slick and it all becomes too, too like, like everything else at some point. So, I think it's yeah, problem. and and another name that I kind of forgot was Chad Stahansky, who directed John Wick's. Yeah. Like it was him and um, Colstad were like partners for that first two movies or first three movies. I'm sorry. Um, also, that template was it's pretty pretty simple, right? You have an old man in in terms of nobody and John Wick, who some something happens. The dog dies. His you know uh, his car gets destroyed. Then he's wronged. But now we have nobody where the Hello Kitty bracelets stolen <laughs> and all hell breaks loose. But the template's real easy. You have your protagonist and then you have Russians. <laughs> yeah. At least for the beginning of the franchise. Yeah, it is very, With, uh, it's copy and paste everywhere from John Wick yeah. to this. I mean, except for like one point is how funny Bob Odenkirk makes this. Like, yeah, he's the, per- he's the personality. John right. Wick is the grunt where. Bob Odenkirk is is the personality. He's the face. He would be the you know. It's the the polar opposite of, yeah. of two of these these deadly men. Before we uh, dive into the the movie Nobody, I want to just give you a a small little rundown of what's on Derek Colstead's IMDb to come. So he did two of the best Falcon and Winter Soldiers. He wrote those, um, the the Madripoor one and the the World is Watching. So Power Broker and World is Watching. Then he's got a movie um, called The Acolyte, not the Star Wars one, which kind of has no story but sounds like it's going to be a, a lone gunman. Yeah. Uh, then you have Hitman, the video game. Oh, he's going to be doing a remake of that. He's doing he's doing a series of it. Yeah. Okay. Then he's got um, he's writing on the Dungeons and Dragons TV series. All right. He's doing The Last Savage, which kind of feels like it's going to be the same yep. probably not with russians in this one <laughs> but maybe another uh, eastern european uh il- um nation and then uh he's got just cause the video game and then tom clancy splinter cell so he's got a lot of a lot of action coming out uh, the one that really just doesn't stand out or what well, really doesn't mesh with that one is dungeons and yeah. dragons i wonder if that but tom clancy stuff's gonna crossover with uh 
the Rainbow Six uh, stuff with, or, uh, like without without remorse. Yeah, which eventually that would be. Yeah, that would be. We're great. assuming it turns into Rainbow Six, but hopefully, yeah. with the you know we get the the Jacks and the Johns and yeah. they're all they're all working together. But let's uh, let's dive into this uh, this movie. When when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, oh wait, John Wick, old man. Bob Odenkirk, like that's it. That the hundred percent. That was it. Still wanted to see it because I love Bob Bob Odenkirk since I can't even say his name. And I also I thought the trailer was great. What did you think of the movie going into it and then coming out of it? It's very weird because of Keanu Reeves becoming an action hero or an action star is not that big a deal. Um, he is an action star. Always has yeah. been. Bob Odenkirk is a whole different animal. And I think that's what works the best in here is like you would just never, ever, ever. If you're walking down the street and you see Bob Odenkirk, you don't pay any attention to him. And I think that's why he's perfect for the role of nobody. Um, Yeah. Keanu Reeves, you're like, oh, that's, I mean, outside of all this, at least you go, it's a it's a unique looking person. Like he's you know half Hawaiian, you know he's tall and he's you know always dressed in black. Um, yeah. But Odenkirk he's looks a, like a bus driver. He looks. I mean, like, he looks like an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks like a lawyer. Just a, a dude who's just yeah. doing his thing. So it's it's very weird to see it pulled off and pulled off well. Yeah, I mean the movie kind of starts like how the public perceives Bob Odenkirk. Right. So just like you said, if you saw him, like he's, I think his family called him a pussy. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I mean? I think his son called him a pussy or his neighbor did. Um, and that's how he's portrayed. You know, he, the house gets broken into. Uh, he could have done something. And like, we know that he had through the trailer. We know that he's, he's a badass. Right. We didn't know how badass he was. And we didn't know that he had a crew of uh, Doc Brown and the RZA. But, <laughs> It came in handy at the end, but as we kind of go through that, you're you're led on to believe that you're you're watching a man kind of turn into Charles Bronson, like I was yeah. saying in Death Wish. Yeah, you know, uh, a man with a vendetta, um, Michael Douglas and falling down <laughs> with less racism. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a it's one of those tough ones to go back to. Yeah, uh, they'll never remake that one. No, they shouldn't. Although I Hopefully loved it not. when I first watched it, but yeah, it, 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 that's a tough one. You're looking at the suburban dad who's just about to snap. Right. And then you gradually, I don't, it's kind of hard to like figure out what's happening because at some point it doesn't seem like he wants to, like he wants to, like when his kid's being attacked, he doesn't do anything. I mean, kind of no. does on the sly, but at some point he doesn't like. He doesn't want to hurt anybody, but when he gets on that bus, he, he's yeah, he, he's starting to get itchy. Like me and you, not near like maybe other people. Let's say would take out their aggression on a thing, punch a bunch of yeah. guy or something. Um, he needed to like he was pent up. He needed to take that aggression out. Yeah, maybe he overcorrected in going straight and narrow by you know just erasing all aggression out of his you know his personality now yeah. but you know we see what happens yeah that uh that bus scene probably my favorite scene of the entire movie but what's ironic about that is uh one of the thugs 
was the the dude from jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, I know. The lead of jujitsu yeah. was uh, uncredited thug in and uh, nobody, which shows you how far you can fall. <laughs> Elaine Musai, I believe, is his name. Yeah. But what did you think about the the turn, the spiral, and then the twist? Because at first, you know, you're thinking that he's just he's solely focused on revenge from the home invasion, and he breaks into that that family's house and like intimidates them, realizes they have a baby. And then he moves out. And then it goes to the bus scene because he wasn't, I guess he wasn't able to have his release of violence. So what did you think of the the, the end result of the spiraling? um, You know, to compare this to John Wick, as soon as Odenkirk makes his, his, comes out and, you know, uh, starts to make the turn, that's when things change because it's it's still a lot, you know, it's pretty fun. And, but he's, um, what's different about him is he also was kind of, John Wick is kind of one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of ways to kill you, but he's straightforward. His job is to, to, to hunt and kill people. Nobody's job is to, he, he's more of a harassment. Like he harasses you and he, he emotionally takes you down a peg, you know, he, yeah. he gets to the bottom of what you care about and then he'll burn that literally. And then he also will eventually kill you, but he, yeah. he does a lot more like emotional. John Wake doesn't care. He wants one thing to happen. He wants you to die. That's like the, you know, that's what he does best. You know, uh, he's more like the BA Whereas I, I think um, nobody Hutch. is like the the the, the uh, face. Yeah, more like the face. Um, you know, has a lot a lot more planning involved in his his um, eventual action scenes. So yeah, it, it's kind of like John Wick wants you at your best, right? He wants to he wants to beat you at your best because it kind of instills more confidence in him. I still got it. I you know yeah. No one can kill me. But with Hutch, he wants to bring you down a peg, like you said, but he also wants you to be unfocused going into the yeah. fight. He wants you to make mistakes where John's just like, you'll, you'll be perfect, and I will find that you know yeah. that kink in your armor. This guy, he's just like, no, no, no. I'm not I'm perfect. Gonna t- yeah. yeah, I'm going to tell you you have a speech impediment. I'm going to say that your dick's <laughs> small, and then I'm going to kill you, yeah. and I'm going to hit you with, you know, the windows and you know a wet floor sign and a seat belt <laughs> and a bottle yeah and then I'm, I'm gonna as i'm doing this to six guys i'm gonna get stabbed eight times i'm gonna get shot i'm gonna get my teeth kicked in and the girl who i'm trying to save has yet to run off the bus yeah <laughs> she's sitting there just watching it like oh okay there's multiple exits just jump out the back it was crazy. That bus scene was uh, it was well done. Yeah. You know, it was it was uh the stunts were good, the action was good, and then it goes into like, you know, he goes home and he's like, Oh, you know, had a rough day and he just repeats his day, misses trash day, he's running. He goes to the mill, he doesn't like where he's at, goes visits his dad, who's Christopher Lloyd, who I was like, <laughs> Yes, this is good. and I was reading that uh Christopher Lloyd insisted to the director that he hold and carry the heaviest guns in the movie. <laughs> Five or six shotguns. <laughs> yeah, just he's just dressed in them like it's he's Duke Nukem. 
and like he's sitting in the um when he was sitting in the his chair and he shot the the russian who came after him and the home health aide comes in and he's like turn that down there's blood everywhere <laughs> he just blew it blasted this guy's face off I, I thought it was great at any point of you watching this did you think that rizzo was going to turn on hutch uh it was weird because no um okay because it seemed like they had something uh and it's never completely explained which i'm i'm, I'm fine with i know well, he was a, it seemed like he was adopted right yeah but they uh, were brothers Derek kolstad does that in a lot of his movies he doesn't he doesn't feel the need to answer every single that's a something that could be answered how does he become a trained sniper how do all you know like none of that makes a lot of sense how do they all have these uh skills hutch is the only one we see going to war you know we don't see that happen with everybody else um so uh not, not and sure his, his, hutch's title was auditor yeah where and i was i was getting confused with uh, ben affleck's the accountant yeah. <laughs> and i was like but first of all both great movies but i love that like these these covert jobs are just given like menial yeah. titles where, you know, Bob Odenkirk looks like an auditor. Yeah. He looks like when he walks into a business, everyone's like, shit, <laughs> the auditor's here. Oh, my God, this is going to be a week. And then, you know, he, he's the big bad wolf. I actually <laughs> thought two things during this. I thought I thought Rizzo was going to be playing both sides. Okay. And he was because He's the man on the radio. You really don't know what's happening with him, but he knows everything. He's so connected. He's the Lawrence Fishburne of this universe where True. you know he's the underground boss. He knew what was going on with the Russians. He knew where to get the Russians. He knew how to get to Hutch, and he knew where Hutch was going to go and his family. He, he was two steps ahead of everybody. And I was like, th this is going to end with the RZA being the next in line for – you know, getting the money from uh, okay, okay. the Russians. Like, he's going to take over that fund. And it didn't happen, and I was great. Uh, I, was, well, I was happy yeah. with that. I, I, I like the fact that he was this conspiracy, like, can't show my face type of... He has to stay away. And, and you know, him being a sniper is kind of conducive to his attitude towards people. Yeah. Like, he's agoraphobic or something. Um. And he was like in uh, witness protection, right? Something, uh, whether it's like you know self-imposed, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is, you, that, you know, it 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 doesn't. It's not necessary to like answer every single question that's ever brought up if it's yeah. done in a good way. And I think it was done in a, a in like a stylish way of you know, we'll tell you about it later if we get a chance. It, it's not that important right now. Yeah. The the second thing I thought that was going to happen was Christopher Lloyd was going to die in the oh, warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, either like in the movie or in real life. Yeah, I was like, what? He he's not going to be able. He's not going to make it out of this movie. Yeah, and like I I've met Christopher Lloyd and he's super he, nice. Has he's our much he's our analog for the dog was Chris. I was like, oh man, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to kill yep. the old man as soon as the Russians went in. I was like, oh, that's it. That's going to put him over. The over. Edge, but. I, I will say the the three best scenes sequences at least in this movie were the bus scene that we saw in the trailer, the scene the home invasion scene yeah. at the in the middle of the movie, not the first one, the the one where the Russians are going to get him. They put him in. Uh, Hutch puts his family in the the, the bunker. Room, yeah. I, full disclosure: I've had 
at least a million home invasion dreams. <laughs> and in all my dreams, I have a bunker, but I'm, but I can never find the fuse, uh, the you know, the fuse box in my wherever I'm living in my dream. So I always die. Uh, but and the third, the third one, third best part was um, the fun, the finale in the. Yeah, that was fun. I, I got to throw I guess in the there sawmill or maybe whatever. an honorable mention for me. I'll throw in. Um, I just thought because it was funny, I thought the exchange was pretty good when he's looking for the the tattoo. Oh, that was so good. He goes into a tattoo parlor and the old man <laughs> looks at his tattoo that he has. The uh, I guess it was the seven and the two of spades. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. I look. I tried to look it up. I, I couldn't find anything. But uh, then the old man like goes into his own bunker. <laughs> he locks like nine locks all years yeah. that was that was great it was it was uh you know john linguizamo has scenes like that in john wick yeah 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 so it, there uh, you know colstead has this this template that even though it, this kind of felt like a another version of john wick i didn't feel like it was as repetitive as john yeah. wick well yeah and i, I mean, enjoyed it thoroughly i think i don't know and i'm not going to sit here and say that He's the only one that could play the role, but Bob Odenkirk is the reason this worked. Like, even as close as, like, this would have been another cut and paste of every, you know, John Wick movies. And, you know, obviously it's going to be compared because it's Derek Colstead's writing it, but, and you got Russians and, you know, a secret organization. It's all the same until you get the Bob Odenkirk being very normal and 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 you know bringing his 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 dad joke energy to, to yeah the john wickiver so yeah uh, it's like if a, a pixar dad <laughs> had a bad day just this yeah. entire movie um the one thing i you know as we're kind of like as you were talking about him being the only lead for it i would have liked to see um Brian Cranston in this role, fellow Breaking Bad alum. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because uh, he brings that kind of energy too. Yeah, you know what's weird is he he. You know, I I remember watching Malcolm in the Middle and he's with Goofy Dad, and yeah. then like, I think it was done with him already when he did Breaking Bad. And you're like, what the hell is this? Like, this yeah. isn't this can't be Brian Cranston. But you're right, he does have that kind of energy, but. I think everybody his... said that Breaking Bad is like a this the hard sequel to Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> like he killed all his kids and he just moved to Albuquerque, he made meth. It's close. It's very close. Yeah. If I lived in a house, I would. <laughs> that was a, a a wild house. But are there any things about this movie that you would have changed? Um, I wouldn't have. I would have just because of obvious comparisons. I don't think we need it, Russians. I'm going to try to say this as um, as as PG as possible and politically correct, PC as possible. Um, you don't want to just kill a bunch of brown people on screen anymore. You know, yeah. that was the go-to for everybody for a long time. Is just kill brown people in brown gangs, and uh, I kind of you know. You talked about you know Death Wish. That's all that was. Well, yeah, of course. You know, um, so I think it's good to avoid seeing that on TV. And uh, but you know, it draws when you do go back back to Russians again. It does draw comparisons. 
Um, I, I get it though. You don't want evil Germans because that, yeah. you know, that gets too, too iffy. So I guess Russia is yeah. the way to go. Yeah. There's usually there. The template is usually uh, one or two things. It's the cartels. Yeah. Or it's the Russians. Yeah. You know, you don't see like a Mongolian <laughs> which, you know, death squad which fighting. Would be fun. <laughs> I, I think. I'd, yeah, you know, for sure. Their music would be that Hugh music. And yeah, we, we honestly, we don't get a lot of the triad anymore. No, I think it's because uh, that's unless like, it's John Wick. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We don't get a lot of, uh, you know, the triad, but I don't think there's anything I would have changed about this. I, I liked it. The humor, the, the tempo, uh, the tempo, the, the cut and dryness of Bob Odenkirk. I, I thought he was fantastic. I, well, I wonder if he did, if Derek Holstad did that on purpose. Is the lore like the because he thinks a lot of if you watch John Wick and you just pay attention to like you know the template the colors the the color schemes you know it's it's there's a lot of extra thought he Derek Olstad and 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 everybody else that's worked on John Wick every like literal light every thing in the background all means something every word means yeah. something. They don't ever let anything just pass them by, so I'm wondering if the fact that they used Russians was to like lull you into this, this oh it's going to be another one of those type of thing, and then they hit you with Bob Odenkirk, uh, uh, you know, and and yeah. he's just he's the dad from a, a TV sitcom, yep. kicking people's ass. So I I I think that's the the difference is. I think that they did that. They might have done that on purpose because it, it, it just, you know, that makes the transition when he does turn that much like bigger and broader. Yeah, because we know that the Russians in most action films are evil. Right. And they're ruthless. <laughs> and I kind of thought the, uh, similar to what you were saying. I thought they were going to lull us into saying, well, if this is successful, it's part of the John Wick universe. The opposite side of the spectrum where John Wick hunts and kills people and Hutch hunts and kills the killers. Right. So, like, maybe the auditor was out there trying to catch the boogeyman. And that, you know, and Rizzo was part of that group. And that's why he's on Pro because, uh, you know, they Common got, and... They got um, too close. I, you know what? If we already know there's going to be five John Wick movies. Yes. And if... Or two more, at least. Um and if this goes into, you know, Bob Odenkirk will be into his 60s if this goes into, I think he's 59 already. Yeah, he's born in 62. Yeah. So he he's going to be going, literally going into his 60s making these, which he already did like a fantastic job of his own stunts in this, in, in this movie. Yeah. So I I, I wonder if, if, you know, obviously they got a short like, you know, realistically they don't have a 10 year time frame with Bob Odenkirk to do this. Yeah. I don't know how long he wants to do it realistically. So I think that would be a nice little bow. If this ever did happen is like the auditor meets, you know, the Baba Duke and you know, yeah, I think John happens. Wick five, John Wick five would be the best one uh, for it. But I know it, it, it may seem difficult now because uh, Colstead has since left the John Wick franchise. Yeah, I know. He's not writing anymore, so I don't know what four or five are going to hold. But it, in a perfect world, alternate reality, this would be a great crossover. Yeah. Um, to what you said about Bob Odenkirk and how long he has, he actually pitched this movie. 
Right. Yeah. He had the idea and said, you know, I had a dream that there was a home home invasion like me. And uh, this is what I would do. And here we are with this movie. Yeah. Um, do you think that there is either room for a sequel or should be a sequel? I think there's that. Well, obviously, I think there's going to be. I, I More Russians, do you think? No, I think he's done with that world. He, I think that he a, burnt all their money. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, they might have to move on. And, and, you know, his brother came out. Maybe the government comes after him or something. Or the Mongols. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> be so great. Um, yeah, you never know. And it's hard. It's a very unpredictable um, franchise. Or, you know, they're usually unpredictable because they have nothing to base it on. It's all fresh. So. Yeah, uh, and the movie the movie ended with him getting a phone call. So they they left right. it up in yeah. the air. And listen, twenty three point four million dollars in a pandemic environment. And just like you, he was looking for a house. And <laughs> but he got the house. He got the house. I'm still looking for it. But twenty twenty four million dollars at a domestically at least um, is nothing to bat an eye out for this movie in and, and pandemic environment. Pandemic and straight the rental. And I know you know I did too. Well, this but, this uh, went into theaters. Did it go into theaters? Uh, yeah, sure this was that. one of the first ones back. Okay. I know you paid for it twice. <laughs> yeah. It was um, I listen, I think this this was in my mind worth the movie ticket. If if it were a normal environment. I was this one I wasn't uh yeah, I wasn't too upset about re, or uh, buying so. So what do you give it as we kind of wrap this up? Um uh it's so good. I have to give it a four and a half. And the only like just because of that, I'm not sure, even though I, I said it, I'm not sure if that was his intent, but there's obvious comparisons with the Russians, I think. Yeah. Um, if they would have used anybody else. But it just that very barely takes away from I mean, the action is hel- is fun. Bob and Kirk's hilarious. Like legitimate, like there are very few Laugh out loud action flicks, and I, I there were scenes where I this this you know it was funny. So yeah, I I give it a four and a half too. Same reasons. Yeah, uh, it's a a watchable movie in a year where we haven't been getting a lot of watchable movies, and it surprised me going into it. Like I said, I was gonna, I th- I thought I was gonna kind of crucify it. Yeah, and like oh, this is just a plug and play john wick colstead left john wick he's disgruntled so he's like i'm gonna make my new franchise with bob odenkirk you better call saul and <laughs> i loved it yeah. i'm thoroughly pre- pleased with it i will watch the sequel when it comes out i wonder if Derek colstead's gonna get cocky and be like i could turn any goddamn person into an action hero like uh, well <laughs> he's got nine more movies coming out that you can yeah. like whoever he he's gonna cast like bill burr yeah. Or, you know, like uh, Burt Kreischer. And they're going <laughs> to no, have these not. movies. He's going to cast, like, his next one's going to be Bill Murray. Oh, my God. <laughs> we don't need to see that. Well, there's Bill Murray doing Kung Fu. Uh, I can tell you one thing. If this Alkalite movie gets made, it's going to be Nicolas Cage. He needs, a mo- he needs a movie called The Acolyte on his title. Not only that, look, if anybody's going to make Nick... 
maybe give Nicolas Cage something that's watchable and, and doesn't have an underlining of, of just stupid and ridiculous, it might be this guy. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. And the the last thing I'll say is I think that Derek Kolstad is a, a fantastic action writer. Everything that yeah. I've seen uh, post-John Wick, I've enjoyed. I'm excited to see these. Uh, Splinter Cell, Just Cause, and D D D and Hitman are all big IP. Yeah. You know, a lot of video game stuff there, a lot of book novel stuff, more video game than anything. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to that. D&D intrigues the hell out of me because yeah. I think if he can get, like, somebody like Taylor Sheridan to direct a couple episodes or even if he directs a couple episodes, I feel like the tone and the action is going to be phenomenal. That's I think it's going to be better than the movie that's coming out with a, a pretty stacked cast. Yeah. Good day. But that... But that's it, man. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Next week, we'll be back with the Zack Snyder Army of the Dead. It was just a big uh, sponsor for UFC 262. Oh, yeah. Dave Batiste is in it. So I'm excited to see uh, the man who seems to be getting cast in everything. Yep. Just signed on for Knives, Knives Out 2. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Edward Norton. Uh, oh, really? Two very good castings, yeah. That's pretty good. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. But that's it. We'll get out of here. Uh, four and a half for both of us, for nobody, if you haven't seen it. It's available on on demand. Uh, DVD release probably coming soon, so check it out. Um, watch Army of the Dead. Follow us on social media. Yeah. Uh, the Galaxy Wars podcast. Listen to Active Geek every Wednesday. And here's twenty dollars. Buy yourself something nice.